0: welcome back to the good deeds podcast my name is Nicole Quinn and today I'm here with Diane Davidson to talk a little bit about preparing your home for sale Diane is the authority on that mm. so she's going to give us some tips today and I have some questions prepared so are, Perfect. You, are you ready I can't wait it's my favorite thing to talk about okay it's mine too actually okay good. Okay, so when you're preparing your home for sale people don't know where to start what are the best improvements to make as far as getting a return on your investment?
1: So, I don't want to call it smoke and mirrors, but um, sometimes spending money on infrastructure isn't the best investment. I'll give you an example. You know, it's wonderful if your windows are older to replace the windows and spend $40,000 if you're think you going to stay in your house for decades and decades and decades. But that $40,000 or even less is much better spent on things that people can see. In other um, episodes of the podcast, we've discussed that the first time a buyer sees a home that they buy is online. Uh-huh. And things like new windows don't really translate. Okay, right? yeah, that makes but sense. But beautifully painted rooms and hardwood floors or whatever those aesthetic improvements are, mm-hmm. that coupled with the right pricing and good photography is what gets gets that buyer to want to see the home in person. So um, other than talking about new windows in the description, if unless it's the headline People, they're going to see pictures, they're going to see a price, and they're going to be, that That improvement is going to be lost. Okay. So, visual things. Exactly. Yep. Right. It's so, aesthetic, paint, flooring? Um, yeah. And you know, honestly, Nicole, people, um, if there are lots of things that sort of, sometimes just deferred maintenance, and we all live in our homes, and we mean to get around to painting, we mean to get around to replacing carpet, we mean to, mean to, and we don't. and so. It can be overwhelming for a seller who's coming on the market or someone's coming on the market to think of the thirty-six things we suggest they do and some of their little things, right? And so they definitely feel a sense of accomplishment and huge improvement when they invest their time and their resources in 30 of those 35 or 36, whatever I just said, things. The problem is what a buyer sees is those five or six things that should be done. Or it just isn't a hundred percent. We have had a listing recently that was a beautiful older home. And it had pink carpet mm-hmm. and uh, coordinating walls, Ooh. and we had it a discussion. It's a lot, <laughs> it <was> a lot <laughs> consistent, but um, we, you know, we, my partner and I had a discussion. It's down in the Boston area. a Discussion about um, whether to take up the carpet and redo the floors. But at the end of the day, the overall image of the home would have been kind of the same. So that was would
0: have been money not well spent. So think big picture, Mm -hmm. okay. Big picture, yeah. Okay, understood. Now, I've always heard people talk about um, big improvements like kitchens and bathrooms and keeping those updated. To me, that sounds like something that's a lot bigger of an investment, but would you say those investments are more worth it than something that's, like windows, for example, like you said? Well, definitely better than windows. Okay, okay. Unless Mm -hmm. they're gonna lay, unless um, the seal is
1: compromised, they look foggy. Okay. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, kitchens, there are ways to do things that are a good bang for the buck. Okay. Right. So um, is it beautiful, is it is the latest, greatest new kitchen a, a selling point? Absolutely. But if you're doing a kitchen to sell your home, you can do something that is aesthetically pleasing and current enough so that a buyer looks at it and thinks that they can certainly live with it for a while. Right. Okay. Yeah. And so, you know, for instance, white cabinetry. hmm is never out of style. No. By the way. So painting cabinets can be a really great bang for your buck. Okay. Um, backsplashes. There are things you can do for a backsplash, which is the wall behind the wall, right. into the cabinets. Um, subway tile can be very um, uh, cost effective. Yeah. You don't have to spend uh, $14 a foot with high gloss from England. It can be, for instance, some of our local large box, big box stores, mm-hmm. um, home stores, sell American products for. No, for $1. thirty-two a foot. Okay. So there wow. are, or beadboard backsplashes or shiplap. So there are things that you can do um, that really achieve a certain look. Okay. Um, and again, it's not smoke and mirrors.
0: It's just being current. Okay, that makes sense. So as far as changing things like backsplashes or even the paint, is there is there any merit to following current trends? hmm Okay, so right now, as far as color schemes are concerned, where should people be looking as far as updating their walls well gray is kind of on its way out okay it
1: um, makes me sad I, I love don't. gray <laughs> <laughs> still have it here I can't think about it um, anyway so it's on its way out to so, you know color is back in you okay. know, no treatments are back in okay um, but you can also keep it sort of more uh, universally appealing and so shades of there's sort of some reddish, you know, gray beige, tones yeah. yeah, that are I think are great, and they sort of straddle the tan, the tan, gray um, thing. So whichever okay. way somebody wants to go, because you know, when when something is, if someone hasn't um, had a particular style in their home, even though it's been maybe been around for a while and maybe on its way out, um, it it still feels fresh and new to that person. If that makes sense. No, so Someone who's been dying ahead. to paint their walls gray m- might really feel like they should, in preparation for selling. But to have sort of more universal appeal, they might, they might want to sort of straddle with what's been around for a while and with what's coming in. Okay, that makes sense. Um, a couple of paint tips? Yeah, Okay. yeah. All right, so a couple things. So first of all, um, Simply White is a white that I love. Okay. Um, I found it years ago when we were building our house in, two, when we're, oh, wait, in 2008 and I picked out, you know, whatever shade of white, 50 shades of white cabinets, right? So I mm-hmm. picked out the shade that I liked and I asked the um, kitchen person what that coincided with because we had a lot of millwork that we put in, okay. um, a lot of wainscoting, and it was called. It was simply white Benjamin Moore. So I started using that. And the thing, nice thing about it is that, I'm not pretending to be a designer, um, but the nice thing about simply white is that whatever um, color you choose to put next to it, the white doesn't change. It doesn't get gray looking. It doesn't get tan or muddy looking. It's so like really a, good, and it's just a, has a little bit of warmth. It doesn't turn yellow.
0: Like a true neutral white almost. Yes, yeah, it yeah. just a, it
1: doesn't. Yep, it just stays true to itself. Yep, good and it has town. a little bit of warmth. And it's good. A um, couple of colors I like for walls are um, Benjamin Moore. I don't know if I can endorse any brand, but Ben Moore, um, uh, Revere Pewter, and Inchcombe Gray. Okay. And Revere Pewter is actually a little bit grayer than Inchcombe Gray. Um, gray owls and other ones. So, all of those kind of, you know, when you look at them on a the wall, you're not quite sure if they're in the beige family or in the gray family. And so, mm-hmm. I think those are good colors um, for someone who's selling their home. And they really receive, you know, artwork and furniture and, and accessories pretty right. well. It gives you a lot of options.
0: Mm-hmm. So, to touch back on what you said about things being universally appealing, when you are preparing your home, should you be conscious that it's not going to turn off certain people maybe like more minimalist would you say um so I think accessories are important I think it's I think it's nice to
1: I um, mean for a house to feel like a home okay um, so I, I don't know if you're getting sort of the whole staging thing or well, we were gonna get into that next okay, like so we're trying to bridge up gap. Yeah. yeah okay so not necessarily minimalist okay. on the style of the home that's not how a lot of people. A lot of people don't live that way. Right. So I think that you can strike a nice compromise, and I think it's okay to have personal things around because people live with. You know, there's a lot of not to refute HGTV, um, but you know, a lot of there are a lot of people who prepare properties who believe that there should be nothing personal, no photos, and you know, people don't really live that way, or they say things like, you know, if you have your photos, other people can't imagine living in the home. Well. They might not have the same couch or the same table or the same draperies and they can it's imagine living in the home. Very so true. I think it just needs to have a good vibe.
0: Okay. I like that. Yeah,
1: From, okay. from the outside in, by the way. Um, I think a lot of people pay attention to the, um, the inside of the home, mm. and the first impression is the outside. That's true. Right. So they may see it on the internet, but when they drive up or walk up, if there are conditions that don't look great, that aren't appealing, and that might give them reason to doubt, Um, We have an expression, people judge what they can't see by what they can see. So the condition of the outside is really, really important. Very interesting, that's a good point. And people, you know, walk up, the whether it's someone who's a stager, a preparation, a property preparation specialist or an agent, they walk up the walkway and they're not necessarily doing sort of the outside audit, if you will. So we've had people paint their front doors, paint their shutters, put up new shutters, mm-hmm. certainly fix things like, you know, if there's rot around, because nobody, first of all, it's not doing the home any favor to deteriorate further, but um, it's, it's, absolutely, it's an investment.
0: It's an investment in maintaining your home and investment in selling your home. Okay. We've got the house staged. All of the paints are updated. everything looks good. Do you pay a professional photographer every time? always always always
1: there's no such thing as temporary photos that we replace with professional photos we always We always have professional photography um, and we do things we use some digital enhancement i 'm kind of a stickler for things like um the those tags that are on lamp cords and things that you know sometimes we miss something or the photographer <laughs> does, so we will digitally. Um, take care of things that were a little bit awry. if there was okay. something on there was a box under the bed and we didn't catch it. Um, you know, it really is it's it's your it's your only chance to make a first impression, I and mean, we take that very seriously. What do you think about digital staging? I think it's absolutely fine, okay. Um, I think that you know as long as it's disclosed, okay, um, you know it's not really much different than um, taking a taking a property that has furniture in it when you first list it, mm-hmm. and then the sellers move out and take the furniture, and buyers come to an empty room. Okay, yeah, that's true. Right? That is true. So okay, mm-hmm. only you know it's interesting because, um, I mean, I have, I feel very strongly and have for a long time about pre- preparing property, staging it. I hate that word, but. Um, Furnishing. What do you think is a better word? furnishing except preparing okay right Yeah because staging sounds so it fake, sounds fake right Yeah um, and I and the style of staging I prefer that word again, but the style of preparation I prefer is um, something that looks like a home. like if nobody's living there, yeah. you don't know it until you open the refrigerator and it's empty.
0: You know that's interesting that you say that because when you said staging versus preparing, I've seen both and I feel like there's a big difference. Mm-hmm. Like, sometimes you walk in and it feels so Mm -hmm. unnatural and fake. Mm -hmm. On the topic of photos and preparing the outside of the home, do you retake photos depending on the season? Say, the house is sitting on the market for six months. Do we start in the spring and then take fall photos? How do you approach that? Absolutely. So, first of all, one of the things
1: that we offer is um, photography in advance that we archive, right? So, if it's lush and green and beautiful um, in June or in July... We'll take exterior photos so okay. that whenever the seller comes, to, whenever a house comes on the market, we have that to share. Mm. Um, and uh, if it's you know if it's December or January, we look for the snow and have the winter wonderland and the white blanket of snow on the front lawn. But it's very very important for lead photos to be in the season. There was yeah. a listing recently that in June, well there were two. One, one finally sold in June with snow still on the front lawn. In um, the lead picture in the multiple listing, which is what populates all of the you know, websites that people right. have to use, and then there's another one with snow on the ground and through August or September when the listing finally mm. was over. So yeah, it's not that's not a good first impression. Yeah,
0: I've heard people say that you should always always use summer photos. But I guess it just makes it look like it's been sitting on the market for a long time. It can. Yeah, yeah I think there are two schools of thought there yeah. because they're pretty and they're green and everybody. I think,
1: um, you know, and there, there isn't always, timing doesn't always work out to take the winter one billion photos. So, right. you know, that's why we really try to get every season that we can if a home, if we know a home is coming on the market sometime in the next year or two, right. we'll do exterior photos for every season. That makes a lot of sense. Them.
0: Yeah. So to get back to property preparation for a moment, a lot of people, I've, I've heard people say you shouldn't change a carpet because what if the people that come in don't like that carpet, if you change the paint, they may not like that paint. What are your thoughts on that?
1: So first of all, I think it comes with a basic understanding that every house is not going to appeal to every person. Right. So the idea here is to to make it as um, attractive to as many as you possibly can. Okay. Generally speaking, when we suggest somebody replace the carpet, it's because it's dirty, or worn out or something. So the buyer coming in might not have picked the exact same thing you picked to replace it with, but here's what they definitely wouldn't pick. Dirty, worn out carpet, right? That's just, that's, that's not what anybody wants. a very good point. And yeah. when you think about it, we sell used properties. We sell properties, except unless it's new construction, and even then with new construction, big, huge developers, big production builders like Hulte and Toll Brothers, they furnish their models. Mm-hmm. And they furnish their models because people can relate to it when they see it upgraded and accessorized. And so, if brand new construction is furnished and upgraded, they they know. I mean, they're doing something right. They're selling millions of homes yeah. right, over it's in the last decades and decades. And so, so to to slow that down to translate to the to the individual homeowner, of course that works, mm-hmm. and of course it makes sense. Right. Right. So. Yeah. Um, there, a long time ago, oh God, in the early 80s, I was selling um, some waterfront condos just north of Boston, and there were there were the floor plans were in stacks, right? So the O3s all were the same, and the O1s were all the same. So there was a one-bedroom furnished model and a two-bedroom furnished model, mm-hmm. and whichever and the, the designer was very talented, and, and they basically um, had furniture that would if it, once we sold out a stack of two bedrooms, we could take move it to another two-bedroom floor plan. Mm-hmm. We would always sell out whichever stack was furnished. Oh, wow. the time the French model was, and I can remember saying to people, "I know you can see through this. I know you're not buying." It. But they were they, they Most people can't. I mean, the more you can, the less imagination that somebody has to exercise, the better off the seller is going to be. Okay. Um, you know, the, there's a Wall Street Journal article I love that talks about talks about the the exterior of your home, but I think it translates. You know, it, it applies to the ins- inside too which is on average, homes sell for 7% more when they're properly prepared. Wow. So let's say you have a $500,000 home, mm-hmm. that's $35,000. Usually that investment's gonna be somewhere around two or three or four or $5,000. That is a huge return. With all due respect to financial advisors, if you if you could get funds to perform that way for your, for your clients, <laughs> <laughs> you'd be tired. But anyway, the point is, it's an investment. It's really not spending
0: money, it's investing money. Okay. Because the return is huge. That's it's a great way to look cool. at it, I like that. So just to wrap it up, if there's one thing that you could tell somebody that nobody else is going to tell them when they're preparing their home, the Diane Davidson tip. Oh gosh. Um, I guess it, it always
1: pays. Um, it always pays to do as much as you have the resources to do. Uh, if, you, if there are things that, um, if there are things, you know, if your, your resources are limited, then kitchens are important, bathrooms are important, yes, but also think about the flow of the home mm-hmm. and what people are going to see so that you have stand a better chance of them falling in love first and getting to something else later. Sometimes, for instance, a master bath. Let's say everything else is done and it's a master bath. I used to call it enveloping. If they can see themselves in just about every part of the home and there's there are one or two things left for them to do, then you're probably okay. Okay. you But leaving all the paint doesn't make sense. Right. right.
0: Thank you. My Thank pleasure. You. Thank you so much for watching today. I hope you learned something. Please don't forget to subscribe on YouTube or follow us wherever you choose to listen to your podcast. We'll be back next week, probably with Bill, I would yes, imagine. Yeah, I think so. Um, and uh, that's all for today. Thanks Thank so you. much. Bye. Bye.